Guys, welcome to the Pure Progress Lifestyle, where the only thing that matters is progress. Guys, today I'm joined by Lenita Mitchell Blackwell. She's an intuitive business coach who leads her clients to live a life of fire and ultimate successful life of peace, joy, and fulfillment. She's written, she's a number one best-selling author of Live Life on Fire. She's also built a law firm and a publishing house. Lenita, welcome. Thanks. Thank Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. So as we were just talking, you're a lawyer, but you're also an intuitive business coach. Damn, yes. How did, how did you get started with that? Absolutely. So uh, I've had a wonderful life, truly. Um, mm-hmm. Great parents, supportive community, and they all encouraged me that if I worked hard, that I would get the rewards from that. And mm. they were right. Um, I... Did well in high school, got a scholarship to go to college, practiced for a couple of years as an accountant, earned my CPA license, um, went back to law school, um, worked with great firms, got enough experience to start on my own and did so and succeeded in everything I put my mind to. Um, But I did not learn how to take care of me. Mm. And I... Honestly, I got addicted to the applause and the, oh, you're just so great, you know? Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I did. For sure. Yeah. And I, so I I worked harder. And so I got to the place where I was sleeping maybe two or three hours a night. And, you know, we all have to do that from time to time when we have big projects going on. But that was me consistently. And some days I didn't know if I was coming or going. And my body started to break down. Because when we're under that kind of continuous stress, your body starts to give you clues that something ain't right. right. I didn't listen. And even after my hair started breaking off, I just wore wigs and I was quite fabulous. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I lost my nails. I just put on acrylics, kept going. But the one thing that I could not cover, could not mask was when my daughter and she was only six at the time, found me passed out in the middle of the floor, exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I could not get up. And she thankfully did not recognize that I was in distress. She just thought that I was tired. And she got her Disney princess's blanket and put it on my body. And she <laughs> kissed me on my forehead. I know she just the sweetest little thing. And she kissed me on my forehead and she said, good night, mommy. And the only thing I had strength to do was to say goodnight, baby. I couldn't put my child to bed. And I knew something had to change, but I didn't know exactly what. And so I went back to what I knew, which was that lifestyle, achieve, 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 work, Mm -hmm. work, work. And so finally, I couldn't do it anymore when I developed stage four endometriosis and fibroids the size of grapefruits. And I had to have a series of progressively horrible surgeries. And the medication was awful. I was on one of them that was actually used for cancer patients, trying to clean up as much as possible before surgery. And I said, God, if you bring me through this, I will get help. 
And so I hired a professional performance coach and she had me list down everything I had going on, which was seven pages, single spaced. And she said, we got to get this down to two. And it took two years, Mm -hmm. but we did it. And during that process, I healed both inside and out. And I realized how I got here. Cause you know, we got to get to that place before we can make major changes to our lives. Right. And it was that I had twisted up my self-esteem and I had created an equation, you know, math accounting that said self-esteem equals success. Mm. (laughs) And I had to put a big slash through that equals. It does not. I had to create a new definition of success. And after working with uh, Rowena, my performance coach, and then I transitioned on to Jill Flowers, a soul activist, we came up with my life success is peace, joy, and fulfillment. And when I started sharing with other people, not just in my industry, but you know, lawyers are high stress people, but other people who were doing everything and it didn't matter their race, their creed, their religion, their geographic area, their journey, they resonated with what I was saying that y'all, we were all given the same checklist that said, if we worked hard, that we would be happy. But it's not true because happiness is fleeting. We will always be on the hamster wheel, working hard, trying to get to this happening. What we want is not happiness. We want joy. Mm. And joy is sustainable. Joy is an in, it's an inside job. It's something we have to do for ourselves. And so as I started sharing that message, people were like, you got to come in and talk to my organization. How can we work together? So I started coaching. And that's how I became the intuitive business coach, because anyone who has a career or small business, if they're serious about growth, then their business is twisted up with them personally. So there is no line of demarcation between the personal and the professional. So we've got to do it all. We have to encompass a joyful life that's reflected in business as well as your home and your community and professional lives. And so that's how I became an intuitive business coach and still practicing law because I've been doing that for 17 years. I love it and I'm not giving that up. Let me ask you a question here because it just, yeah. um, you hire a performance coach. Yes. Yes. So what made you go, like go through the list of, all right, I got to get a performance coach. Cause it sounds like you're already, you know, high, highly driven. Yes. Like just, so to me, I'm like a performance coach and someone high driven. How do you make the correlation between those two? Absolutely. So The best example is sports. I don't care what kind of rock star athlete a person is. They all have coaches, period. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods, Serena and Venus Williams, they have coaches. And it's the same for us as professionals. We get to a place where we've done what we can on our own. Now we need to bring someone else in who can look at our lives and the way that we function in a disinterested, not uncaring, but totally disinterested manner and see what needs to change, what can be improved, and honestly, what needs to go. And that was my thing. And I find Mm -hmm. that's the thing with many of my clients. By the time we get to this place in our lives, 
we know what needs to go. And I'm putting no in quotes because we have some kind of rubric, some metric system, right? Mm -hmm. Some measurement of, I don't like this. This is not good for me. I don't see how this aligns with where I'm trying to go. The problem though, is that if it was still working, we wouldn't be where we are right now. (laughs) So we need to create something else. And that's what a performance coach does. The performance coach helps you to identify the things that no longer fit in the new metric system that we have created and create a plan or a strategy on how to taper down and come off of those things. Because we've worked really hard to build ourselves into the people that we are. We have relationships. People are depending on us. We can't just throw our hands up and say, Okay, I'm out. Peace. No, unprofessional, unkind, uncaring. No, we have to come up with a plan on how to do that. And for me, it took two years Mm. of sometimes finding a replacement for me when I was serving, because at that point I was serving as president of three professional organizations at the same time. So it was training someone else. It was completing my term or for one organization, they just (laughs) didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I, and it was just saying, okay, I've I've given y'all a year, and there's been no movement on finding somebody, replacing someone, someone stepping up. I I have to go and letting the chips fall where they may, and being good with that. Mm. So yeah, no kidding. You know, it's funny how you say like everybody knows, like everybody has that intuition. They know <laughs> something has, like something's just not working, and we yeah. gotta. So it's almost like sometimes we ha- we do have to hire a coach because they have no emotional attachment to what we have an emotional attachment to. Yes. So it's easy to look at that. But sometimes it almost feels like a second opinion or like permission to change. Yes. Because it's like we feel it, but we it's like we don't trust ourselves. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting that you use that term, we don't trust ourselves, because that's the truth. We have pushed our own needs to the side to be Superman or Superwoman to everybody. And we forget when we get on any plane that's flown by any airline, the first thing they say is, if something happens, if that mask drops down, we put the mask Mm. on ourselves first, and then the other person, even our child. Mm-hmm. Because if we are not taken care of, we can't take care of anyone else. So we have to learn to take care of ourselves first. And that's what I meant when I said we were all given the same list by well-meaning people, people who care about us, who wanted us to succeed. But it's not our list. Right. And we get to a place where we can't blame mom, dad, teachers or anybody else anymore about this list. It's time to say, you serve me well, I appreciate you, but it no longer works and put it down. Mm, that is so true. Yeah. Put it so down. true. Like I, I can, just from my own experience, I got a daughter as well. Mm-hmm. And so I know if like, I don't do the things that I know by this point, it's going to make me on top of my game. Mm-hmm. I, right. I'm not showing up to be the best father. That's right. Yes. So yeah, it, it's huge. And that's, yeah. it's like little things. Like even if it's a, you know, for me, if it's like a five minute workout, like before she wakes up or just a little bit of reading something, that's right. something that gets me, you know, whole, like the juice is flowing again. Yes. You know, I am taking this course on positive intelligence 
And what you just described, that five minutes before you interact with your family, they call those PQ reps. Mm. And so I suspect by what you just said that your, your PQ, your positive intuitive quotient is incredibly high. Really? Because I think you probably do that before anything major, interacting with your child, when you go into some big meeting, even if you just feel a little, I don't know, off, you probably go into that five minutes and you do the thing that brings your mind back center and focus to this present moment. And that's huge, Dr. Brett. Huge. Really? Because oh, yeah. like it's I guess it's just, you know, like I tell everybody, like it all starts with reading books. Like yes. you start reading books, things just start opening up for you. Yes. So I guess, you know, someone asked me before, or I might have asked somebody else, like, where does awareness really start? And I've always said, it really starts by reading a book. Like, because once you start that, you just start, you know, self-diagnosing, okay, from this point, and then it just builds and builds and builds. So as you were saying, like, you know, when I go into something, like if I got to work out or Sometimes, like right now, I know if it's uncomfortable yes. and I got to do it. I know that's, um, at this point, it's what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a paradigm, like an old paradigm in the yes. mind. Yes. So I just, I find that fascinating that you bring that up or that you say that. And, and I love that you said that an old paradigm because we have to embrace the fact that we are always growing, expanding until the time that we take our last breath. So what served us when we were in elementary school mm. will not serve us anymore when we are in college or have embarked on upon our career, right? And so it makes sense that it won't serve us anymore in our 40s or in our 60s. It's always going to shift and change. And when I was sitting down to really get to the core of why happiness did not equal success. What I came to is that when I look at the word success, it is perfection. It is meeting or exceeding somebody's rubric, somebody's standard. Well, the problem with that is they're not my standards. It's somebody else's. And it was probably borrowed from someone else. So I'm trying to meet some standard that some person I've never met established for me. And so I said, profession just cannot be what I'm aiming for anymore. It has to be excellence. And excellence, it encompasses grace. It is a sliding scale. It is what we were talking about something that is going to change from the old to the now and then the next. So we have to get to that place. But mm. I know it's hard because that's not how we're raised to think. <laughs> you yeah, know? It is. it is. And you just hear so many business coaches from everywhere. Like, I don't know, you got to like grind 28 hours out of a 24 hour day. Ah, yeah. You can never like stop to watch. Like you can never stop to smell the roses. You can never just stop to take in a moment of enjoyment. Yes. And that's crazy because we don't work just for the sake of working. There is an end game. We want resources so that we can enjoy our lives. Mm. So if that enjoyment is going out and taking a long walk, if it's hanging out with your family, if it's just you just sitting by yourself meditating but that's what the job allows us to do 
And if it's no longer satisfying us, if it's no longer providing what we need so that we can live the life that we want, then it's time to shift and move on. And a lot of times we get caught up because we have convinced ourselves that this organization, this group of people, oh my goodness, what are they going to do without us? They're going to be fine. They're going to grow. They'll expand. Someone will rise up and, and take your place. And they're going to go on and do amazing things. And they will be grateful for the time that y'all had together. And then you'll go off on your way and they'll go off on theirs. It's going to be okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. So let me ask you real quick. What mm -hmm. um, what gave you the inspiration to write a the book? So um, that's two different questions, writing the first book and writing well, this last okay. book. <laughs> Let's talk about the last book because I really okay. like Live Life on Fire. Okay. So Live Life on Fire, the ultimate guide to a successful life full of peace, joy, and fulfillment came at a time where I had finished the work with Rowena, my performance coach. Mm -hmm. And I was talking with other people about how they were going through something similar. And I said, I need to write down how I got here and put it out in the world so that those folks, they know, number one, you're not alone. And number two, this is a process, a journey. You're going to get through this. And number three, that for those people who need like steps, that they'll have them so they'll know where they are in their journey. And so I break it up into four parts that lead us into this fifth part or state that I call awe. And so it's silence, breathing, being, and flow. And silence is just that. We have gotten to a place in our lives that we are so used to being on the ready that we can't even hear what someone else is saying. Mm. Let's know, process it, and then respond accordingly. I am already thinking about how I'm going to respond to you before you even start stop talking, right? Right. And that means that my brain never has a chance to pause, let's know and reset or rest. And so we have to get to a place where we embrace being quiet. And that silence has to happen daily. When you were talking about taking that five minutes, when you're working out, I suspect that you are dropping into that state where there might be music, there might be instruction, but Internally, you're not at the ready with a response. You're not trying to formulate something, some kind of reaction to what is being said to you. You're just in flow, right? The next thing is, which is related, is being, understanding that the only time that really matters is now. Tomorrow can't come, not won't. It can't come if right now is not taken care of. If your health is failing, if you are in deep depression, if everything around you is falling apart, now is the time that we have to get those things addressed and taken care of because those strategies and those plans that we have, they mean nothing because you don't have the mental, emotional, or physical capacity to handle those things. Or if you try, it's going to be a mess. It'll fall apart. And you might wind up wounding people that you love. And so being requires us to be present, that the only moment that matters is right now. 
which then leads us to a state of flow. Flow is knowing that whatever step you take is the right one. Because mm. at the end of the day, I know, I know. Oh. It, yeah, I know. Oh. Everybody starts like, wait a minute, but what if I make a mistake? What if I tell some falsehood? What if I hurt someone? We have all done those things. And yet and still, we are all right here, right now. Mm. All roads still lead to the same place, which is now. And so we learn to forgive ourselves. We learn to evaluate what we've done, what we've said, what we didn't do, what we didn't say. And we learn to release those things and to move forward in power and authority so that we can show up as our best selves for us and for everyone else. But the us is the biggest thing because people believe what they see and they are drawn to good energy. And the sooner that you can put pat, put behind you in the past, those things that really took you to a dark and twisty place, the sooner that you can be that light for you and for others, which allows you to live a life in awe. That is embracing all of your skills, your gifts, your talents, your resources, and using them for the betterment of all humanity. And sometimes, well, honestly, Dr. Brett, sometimes those skills and gifts, they're going to surprise you. They might weird you out. Um, the first time that I started listening to my intuitive self, um, I, I had never had that experience before. I have a longtime client. We're now really good friends. And she had lost her mom years ago. Not only spoken with and met her mother one time. So I didn't have an opportunity to build a relationship. But one morning during my prayers and meditations, I was led to thank her mother for her friendship, for my for my client, and for what a wonderful opportunity it was to be with her. And I heard a response back. And it was, and you better be a good friend to her too. But it was sass because it was more like, and you better be a good friend with her too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So later that day, I just told my friend, I said, your mom is really proud of you. And she said, what did she say? And I didn't think about it. I just responded and I told her what she said. And she said, yep, that's my mom. It wasn't until later that I realized what had just transpired. My client was not shocked. She was not weirded out by what I just said, that I basically had an experience, a conversation with her mother, who at that time had been going for six years. And apparently she had been asking the question, mom, are you proud of me? Am I good? And here I was providing her with not legal advice, which was what we were talking about, or supposed to be talking about, but something that she needed that would help her to move on and be the best professional she could be for not just herself, but for the clients and the employees who rely on her to make solid, good decisions every day. Dr. Brett, at the end of the day, we are one person. We are a whole person. And that person has emotional components. We have physical components. We have spiritual components. And all of those components have to work well for us to show up the best way that we can. And when we are into our intuitive intelligence, 
And we are allowing that to flow through in our business life as well. It allows us to show up the way we need to for our clients. Mm, Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, that's so funny that you say that is because the more you get into like the universal laws and intuition or like just silence. Yes. Yes. Or just what you just said that everything that you have done is not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's right. It all leads you back to, you know, what you can do right or what you can do better. Yes. What was supposed to open your mind to something. And then the more you just do it, the more you realize just how we are all connected. You know, the, the law of divine oneness and just the silence to where you can listen to, you know, the universe or God, whatever you want to call it, coming down and just talking to you. Yes. It's so amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Like I get, I get blown by, blown away by it every time because everybody in their mind, it's like you said, it were just meant to like drive, drive, drive. Like we got to go. We got to go. Like you take a step, like one step to just for silence. No, I can't do that. Got to keep going. Yeah. But I think that's when it, when you, like take the silence, as you said, like that's the first step. You just need to like be silent mm-hmm. is when things really start to open up because yes. you start like, yeah, it's the chatter, but you start to hear stuff. Like you yes. start to feel stuff. Yes. For that's sure. For sure. So what, um, why do you think most people are unhappy these days? Besides just, you know, the working 24-7. Yeah. You know, I um, read a statistic that 66% of people are unhappy in this world. And just to bring that home to most folks, that means that if you're in a room and there are three of you, two people standing next to you are not happy with their lives. And what it comes down to is us trying to meet a standard that we didn't set. And once we get to a place where we realize that we need to build our own, that we don't give ourselves the grace for that standard to change as we do. Because my best when I was sick is not my best now that I'm well. My best when the economy tanked in 07, 08, and I went from doing 20 real estate transactions in a week to two in a month is not my best now that things are thriving. We have to give ourselves the grace to be the best in that moment and to accept that's what it is Mm. and to know that it's going to get better. But we have to give ourselves that, that cushion, that opening, because without it, we will always be unhappy. We will always be down on ourselves. Mm. Now, can you feel like actually feel people around you like their negative energy? Yes. And I know that some people might say, this is too woo woo for me. So let me bring in the science. So we all know that this body that we have has as many opportunities, as many explosions and chemical reactions as a 
NASA rocket being launched into space. That is proven. That's fact, right? We all have atoms. They have neutrons, electrons, protons, and they have a nucleus. And so they are firing off energy all the time. Okay. You have a brain that's in your head that is controlling all these functions, but your heart center actually has its own brain as well. And the heart center has 10 times the electrical charge as your brain. And so when you are feeling something that is negative, depressing, unhappy, that is a charge that is going out into the world. Mm -hmm. Each of us has a force field around us that is receiving that stuff. And some of us are more sensitive to those feelings than others. When you were talking about silence, that helps amplify that feeling. It is mm. one of the reasons that you see some people, particularly like billionaires or high-performance athletes who are ahead and far beyond because they are sensitive to it. They embrace it. It is intuitive for them and they run with it. They don't question it. So when you're in a room with someone and you just like, something about that person doesn't feel right. Trust that. It's real. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It does mean they are giving off a charge that is inconsistent with yours. Right. And so before you want to talk with them in a romantic <laughs> kind of way or go into business with them, you might want to find out what's going on first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's so funny that you say that kind of stuff. I mean, you ultimately, like you said, you will learn. You learn, you learn. And the, yeah, you do. <laughs> you learn. You the more do. you like, you're like, oh, I should have trusted myself. Okay, cool. Now I know to trust more. Yes. Right. But yes. it's <laughs> funny that you say, you know, the frequent, we all give up frequencies and all. And it's hard to believe. And I get it. Like I too was there at one point. Like I just, it just seems like a little hocusy pocusy at first. Yeah, I understand. Me too. Right. <laughs> you know, my, my background was in accounting. That's math. Yes. Eight, one plus one is two. Exactly. <laughs> Always. <laughs> exactly. Like, what are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. But then if you like really start to dissect it and think about, if you just think about the phone, like a phone. Yes. How is that even possible for, you know, to be talking to somebody all the way like halfway across the world. Yes. No, no lines, nothing. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. That's think right. about it. Frequencies, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. That's right. And so like, and then like, when you think about that, you're like, wow, you just have more of an epiphany. Like, how could I have not believed this in the first place? Cause we've all felt people's energies. Yes. And we're like, ah. Dude, something just like, I can't be in the same room because I just don't, like, something's not right about yes. it. And then we go back to, we don't trust ourselves when yes. it's clearly telling us something's wrong or something's not right. We're like, yes. oh, until I don't know, one day you read a book and then you're like, okay, things start opening up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, when you were talking about awakening, I think there's a pre-step before the book. You realize that there is something else that someone else can teach me. So there's a humbleness that comes as well, you know, because if you really believed that you knew everything, you would never pick up a book. You would never listen to a podcast like this wonderful one you have today. Appreciate you wouldn't. No problem. Um, 
you would never go to a talk. You would never have a conversation with someone who you consider to be an expert in the field because you wouldn't respect the expertise. Mm. Yeah. Mm. For sure. But then I can is it like a universal calling at the same time? You know, when you're like you you realize like all of a sudden it just stops you in your tracks. Like at some point you realize these things that are I'm doing is just not adding up. I really do think so, but they start with small steps. And I believe that as we learn to trust ourselves again, we prove to ourselves that we are trustworthy, that the next bigger thing comes. Um, the first time I remember the step, like the process beginning, I was in my closet and I had this awesome pair of slippers. You know how they all slippers are just not made equal, right? <laughs> but these, they were my favorite. They were comfortable. My feet stayed cool during the summer. They were warm during the winter. I mean, those were my favorites and mm -hmm. they were all black. Mm -hmm. And one day I went to put my foot in one and like when I tell you spidey senses, I just felt this tingle and it was like I was arrested and I kept staring at it. And so instead I picked it up and I shook it. Dr. Brett, a tarantula came out. Holy moly. <laughs> so of course we got the exterminator in there and a little family had um, made its way into our attic and the little guy had gotten away from the family and parachuted down and he loved my slipper just as much as I did but you know they had to go and so right. but I remember that and thinking to myself you know if I'd stuck my foot in that I might not be here with you today mm. what, what kind of tarantula was it I don't know he was black and he had like this going on here and he was furry and I was just like oh yeah. and I screamed loud enough for right. my husband and probably the whole neighborhood to hear me. Um, but I just I just know that those kinds of things mm. happen to us all the time. Right. But we don't always stop and listen. Yeah. But in that instance, I mean, I, I didn't have a choice. Right. But when I tell you that it was strong and, and I, I really felt like somebody or something went like this, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a for sure like a real thing yes it is amazing so unfortunately like we only got 10 minutes left i mean this thing is so so real quick i want to let's say a client comes to you right? yes. what's the first thing that you you advise them to to look out for or to do yeah so when i sit down with clients i have a conversation Mm -hmm. I want to know who they are, what they've done up to this point, because I am finding more and more that people think that joy can be purchased. Mm. And the reason is because <laughs> there are statistics about that, too. 78% uh, of people are willing to pay for experiences that make them happy. And so there has been a cross up of the difference between happiness and joy. And. I have to first ensure that they understand that this is not something that they'll purchase 
that the program is not something that once they're done, they move on to the next thing. That the time that we're spending together is to give them the support they need as we go through. But the strategies and the tools and resources that they implement, this is going to be a lifelong journey. Because when you have been set apart and then set on this path to succeed, work, work, succeed, work, work, it's hard to come off of that. And even now, 10 years later, I have these flashes of my, quote, former life and wanting to go back to certain things. And, and sometimes I have to be like, oh, no, we can't do that. And it's one of the reasons I, I see Jill twice a month, you know, to ensure that I remember and that I stay on this this path of joy and not detouring <laughs> on happiness. Right. So that's the first thing. And if the person is at a place where they understand that, yes, this is beyond happy. I can't pay for this. I understand that this is something I have to do for me, that I have to come first. Then we can move on to working together. But candidly speaking, Dr. Brett, most people aren't there yet. And I can't judge them. I mean, it took me having a life-threatening illness and almost dying to get here. So I don't judge them. I send them peace and blessings as they go on their way. But I know that they're not ready. Mm. So what constitutes somebody that is ready? Somebody who is ready is a person who said, I have, I, I'm done. I've, I've had it. <laughs> I, I have to come up with some other way to love myself. I have to do soul care. And, and this is beyond self-care. So this is not Manny Petty's massages, right? This is meditation. This is prayer. This is engaging with yourself and learning to love you as you are. This is redefining what it is to be successful. For me, it's peace, joy, and fulfillment. For you, it might be something else, and that's fine. But we got to come up with something that has nothing to do with awards, accolades, money, stuff. It can't be that anymore. Okay. So what's the biggest thing that you tell them to break that that paradigm of – because it's – and all – like I want to say not all of us, that's – Nobody, you can't just say all of us, but majority of people just uh, are at a place where they don't like themselves. So how do they get past that? Yeah. Just because I know for me, it's like an everyday thing that I know I have to wake up, do the whole Mm -hmm. process again, just to, you know, find that peace with myself again. Yes. So the first thing I have them do is to accept that they are the silver lining to the cloud. Mm. You are not the cloud. And that's what a lot of people have. The confusion comes from you think that because you've made a mistake or that you failed at something that Mm. now everything is terrible. Oh, my gosh. And that's where you learn to dislike yourself. But we've all heard the saying every cloud has a silver lining. You are not the cloud. You are the silver lining. Wow. You are the silver lining. And so it requires you to actually write down everything that you think was a, a failure, a mistake, anything that was rough, right? 
And it requires you to then shift your mind. And I have them right. But if I didn't do that, what would have happened? Mm. What I would not have learned. I would not be in a place where I can help other people to not make that mistake again. And if there are things that you can do to rectify without making it worse. So this is 12 steps, right? From 12 um, Alcoholics Anonymous. You don't want to do something that is going to make somebody else's life hard just because you want absolution. So if you can pick up the phone and apologize, if there's something you can do in the back in the cut and nobody will know, do that. But if you can't, then we have to get to a place where you forgive yourself and we go through forgiveness processes as well so that you can accept that you are the silver lining. But it takes time. And it also takes creating the time to do it. Most of us are overworked, we're stretched thin, we have way too much going on. And so it's identifying those things that can come off right now, the things that can come off in a year or two, and not replacing them. And that is a challenge too, Dr. Brett, because most of us feel like, but if I'm not busy all the time, I'm not productive. I'm not successful. (laughs) I have had to learn to enjoy watching Netflix and She-Ra with my daughter. (laughs) You know, I've I've had to embrace those kinds of things so that I don't get up and start another big project that's going to keep me consumed in a way and then feeling guilty again. Yeah. No, I feel you. It's sometimes it's just so automatic too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lenita, where can people find you at? My website is the best way to get to me. It's LenitaMitchellBlackwell.com. Lenita spelled L-Y-N-I-T-A. And we can connect on social. You can join my email list. Check out some of my blogs and tell me what you think. And hopefully we can meet at some point. Love it. Real quick, what's next for you? Uh, So next is a financial literacy program that I am, yes, yes, building out for um, our church's nonprofit, the Smithfield Community Development Corporation. And it is specifically for teens to help them to be wonderful human beings, productive citizens the moment they graduate from high school. And so I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I have enjoyed myself. Oh, thank you. All right, guys, go visit her website. Check her out on social media. And we'll see you guys in another episode.